glory. But e-buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. But on this podcast, 10th skill builds the skills. This is episode number 260, and I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And this podcast is all about the 2023 Masters of Art with my buddy, Lucas Lauren. Before I do get on to talk about that a little bit more, I'd like to say thank you to everybody out there who has supported the podcast this last year. You've made this travel uh, possible. I greatly appreciate that. So shout out to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you guys for all your support. Uh, if you wish to support the podcast a little bit further, you can. We have an NNRC Patreon as well as a YouTube membership. And I thank all of those guys, uh, people that do support me there. I appreciate that as well. You can find links for that in the written description of this podcast. Nothing exists without sponsors and advertising. So I want to also say thank you to all these companies that support the podcast for 2023. If you're a company that's looking to uh, likes this platform and wants to use it as uh, a platform to promote your brand in 2024, please contact me. We have tiers for limited tiers, actually, for many different companies. But I want to say thank you to all of these companies, Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan's RC, Racecraft USA, shout out to the Florida RC Championships, uh, Danny Pass at WRCE, my, my boy Gene at SJ Racing, shout out to House of RC, RCGP, Shout out to our drivers, David Ronfeld, Jared Tebow, Robert, Bad Robert Badier, Alexander Hagberg, and the Spleenless Wonder, Maddie G. Shout out to RC Body Armor, too, man. And my boys out there at RC, all for it, rcracer.com, for sending this cool thing to me. Uh, thank you, guys. If you wish to support the podcast, if you want, there are written in the written description of this podcast, there are links. Some have coupon codes. I noticed like a coupon code for the Ignite Design RC, 10% off, as well as Donovan RC, you get 10% off. Uh, there's affiliate links. Go on there, help us out. It, it definitely helps us out. We greatly appreciate those companies. Everything can be found in the written description of this podcast. If you're listening to it on audio only or YouTube, it's in all in the written description. Just go there, click on the links, get what you need to do, and it, it helps us out a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so, like I said, I went to. I was fortunate enough to go to the Masters of Dark. This is my second time going to this race. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great race. We had uh, racers like Ty Tessman, Mayfield, uh, Brock Champlin was there. He's never been there before. Cole Tallard. Of course, we had Dakota Fan. 
Rivkin, all the other top pros. We had all the top guys in stock there as well, minus a few. Uh, so it was good to see all of that race, and the track was gnarly. I had the track builder, Lucas Lauren, on her. We uh, we discussed the race and what his thoughts on it and everything and what I thought. I had a blast. I got the room with, uh, it was me, Danny, Gene, and Hunter King. So we was kind of all staying in the Airbnb together. You guys heard me breathing. I'm still kind of sick uh, from last week. I, I completely lost my voice and everything last week after I got home, and my asthma's been really bad. So I do apologize for that. Uh, but I got to hang out with those guys. It was fun. Uh, thank you to everybody that made it possible. Thank you to Brent for making it possible as well. And thank you to everybody that came up and showed me some love. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, when we do these broadcasts and stuff like that, these productions, it means a lot when you come up and say how much you enjoyed the last one. And that's all to, that's all to like guys like Danny Pass. He's the man behind the behind the uh behind the scenes doing all the work and making making everything look good. I just come there to talk. That's what I do. And uh, I guess we're just going to go get right into it. This is a short podcast this week. I am probably going to do a live show this Wednesday with Clayton. And then I have another podcast, uh, maybe either dropping Friday or the following week. I am uh, scheduled to go to AMS next week. So that should be good. I will see everybody at AMS. If not, I will see you at the next race that I attend. But uh, yeah, I am scheduled to go to AMS next week, which is the Alabama Manufacturer Shootout. It should be a good race. We have a lot of the uh, European guys coming. I know Canassa is coming. Uh, Barufalo, Robert Battier, JQ is coming. Pekka is coming. Nicola from Hot Race is coming. And then uh, that's going to be good. I, I look forward to that. I went to AMS way back in 2018. I actually raced at it. And I had a blast. This is the first time I've been to it since it's been on the, the moved to this date, uh, as well as being a capped race and, and whatnot. So I look forward to that. And I, I thank everybody for making that possible as well. Of course, Florida Carpet Championships is coming up too. I should be there. And that is going to be stacked, stacked, stacked. Lots of foreigners coming over there. Lots of international drivers. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Dave Ronafalk and Bruno Coelho race on carpet. So I'm very excited about that. But with that said, let's get this going. Let's talk to Lucas. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to hit that sub, like, notification button. If you're listening to this on an audio-only platform, leave a review. It helps us out a lot. Let's say that let's go to Lucas Lawrence and let's talk about the 2023 Masters of Dirt. Joining me in the virtual studio this week is a man you guys have gotten to know over the years. He's been on her quite a few times. I enjoy having him on her, especially to do recaps on races that we've both been to or he's been to. So welcome back, uh, Lucas Lauren, a.k.a. Captain Ahab. New nickname for you now. Hit me. You, so... I told you I had a perfect analogy for you. The way you was looking at your track this at Masters of Dirt. You look like John Kreese from Karate Kid when he told Watchman call it to sweep the leg and he did it. And you was just like <laughs> So you're like Cobra Kai John Kreese 1984. Heck yeah. I'll take it. That's what you look like. So what like, is that nickname? John I don't Kreese? know. We're gonna call you Cobra Kai. Finish him. Sweep the leg, Johnny, sweep the leg. Or whatever. Who was it? I, I can't remember who leg, was it. Johnny. You look like you swept the leg. You definitely swept the leg with your track. That's why we're talking about it. But uh, thank you, Lucas, for coming on. It was good to see you uh, last week. I know we were supposed to record this uh, last week, but I was sick, so I had to postpone it. So thank you for your time today. And I know it's an, your time off, so I appreciate it. So how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I'm pretty much recovered from, from October, so... 
We're taking just a little break before we start preparing for fall brawl. Exactly. The holiday season. Yeah, because you not only you have to build two tracks, right? You had the oval track that you had to build, uh, and that was the Dixie Nationals, which it was the week before prior. How involved were you in that? Did you do a lot of work uh, on we that? Just, we just run the shop. Fortunately for um, okay. the Dixie Nationals, we have a guy that comes in, Austin Alford. He's also the guy that mostly supplies us with our big machinery. Okay. Uh, so he comes in and rips down our old off-road track, moves all the dirt himself, and builds a dirt oval. Basically, we don't touch a thing on that track. So it's pretty cool. He does. He's a one-man wrecking crew, and uh, he's probably one of the better dirt oval track builders, I'd say, in the mm-hmm. country. Um, so he does it all. We just run the shop, just make sure the, the dirt oval guys are having a good event, just like we would with Masters. Um, so, yeah, he makes it easy on us. Once that's done... We got to move all the dirt. He moved and uh, build the master's track. So he moved every inch of dirt to build his dirt oval track this year. Um, he had, the whole entire uh, oval was was banked. The straightaways, the curves, everything was banked. So he, okay. he used every bit of dirt. Uh, so we had to move all that. Um, and we had a lot of dirt we moved. And come towards the end, uh, we had a big giant pile of dirt that we didn't know what to do with. Um so we built that big hill under the driver's stand because there's just nothing else we could really do with it. Yeah, just make Mount uh, Myrtle, we called it. On Mount the Myrtle. Highest elevation point in, Mount, in uh, Myrtle Beach. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much because it's pretty flat there. All right. Uh, for those of you guys that are just tuning into this podcast, uh, we, we attended the ninth, is the ninth annual uh, Masters of Dirt held at Beach RC, brought to you by Exalt. Uh, this is my second time attending this event. Uh, this kind of, I went last year and it, like, I fell in love with 10 scale racing and stock racing and pink pinions and all that type of stuff. So I was fortunate enough to go again this year and be a part of the commentary team, production team with Danny Paz, who did great work. So thank you to Brent for having me come out there. And um, Danny Paz for taking me out there as well. Scotty Ernst is the RD. Uh, Brent is the mastermind behind this. And you are the guy who builds your track. And dude, when I got there, uh, I was because I couldn't see it on the rod drive up like the track. So when I got there, and I was like, oh, whoa, yeah, like a little eight scale, like a little eight scale supercross track mm-hmm. condensed. Yep, yeah, it was a it was a special track. Um, we meant for it to be a supercross like track with uh options mm-hmm. and things that could separate mod from stock. Yes, um, so so we did it. Maybe we didn't know it was going to be as technical as it was, but I, I pretty much figured it was technical. But I made sure when we were building that thing that I busted out my tent scale four-wheel drive, slick tires, about two years old, half-charged battery pack. Um, and before we moved on to any uh, next section, um, I would test every everything. And my car with no traction would make it. So we moved on to the next section, and, and everything everything was makeable. Um it was, it was not an easy track, but to me, it was a, it was fun. It was fulfilling when you hit the thing perfectly. And I I really, I, I liked how it turned out personally. Yeah. I, you know, when I first saw it, the first thing that came to my mind is I have, so for those of you that are listening to this on, on, on audio, we're actually playing a video of the a final from mod eight, two wheel drive, four wheel drive, a final of the tracks. So if you want to go check this out, uh, you probably go watch this on YouTube or go check out the Masters of Dirt uh, coverage that we've done. So 
as soon as I saw this track, I was like, oh, I know people are going to be not happy about this because we haven't seen this. I mean, just the step up alone was like epic, right? Step up, du- step up, double, triple, almost thing. Look at that guy. He, that was excellent. Um, excellent avoidance. Uh, we haven't seen these big type of jumps in 10 scale for some time indoors anyway. Uh, not that we race much outdoor 10 scale anymore. So I knew this was going to throw a lot of drivers for a loop. And I knew exactly with, with that five pack, that the stock class is going to be separated. We always talk about that, right? Having something that separates stock class from mod. So you was able to do that on this track. And this track, uh, I know as soon as people saw it, they were freaking out. What was, I know you was, was, was you did, did you have any doubts when people came in and they were kind of like, oh. Not at all. I, I mean, from when you walked in, the track looked beautiful. So uh, whether it looked like it was going to be extreme or not, um, didn't really matter. It looked beautiful before the cars touched it. Um, and then when the cars got on, I was, I thought I was pretty much happy with it. I was taking registration for the first few hours. Um, I didn't really start hearing any negative comments until about midway through Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Brent approached me and started letting me know that, Hey, you know, some people are complaining and what can we do to, you know, make this track better or easier or something? Is there anything we can do? And I, I was like, you know, there, there's, there's nothing we can do. The track's, the track's done. It's, if you go to feel the, the clay, it's as hard as concrete. Um, without bringing in machinery and tilling a section, there's nothing we could do. I could go tamp on anything till I was bleeding in the hands. It wouldn't have made a bit of difference. You know, uh, the track was what it was. And I, I essentially told Brian, I was like, I, you know, there's nothing we can do. The only thing we can do to make it easier is flatten it. Um, and I was like, well, if you want to do that, call Austin and have him bring a tiller. Flatten this thing out and give him a straightaway. But it wasn't happening, right? You know, no, we weren't tearing down anything. So, you know, Brent, he, he really wants to make everybody happy, especially at like Masters of Dirt. This is his baby. Mm-hmm. This He grew this from nothing. And. Now it's one of the biggest tent scale races in the country. Um, So he is not real thrilled when, you know, people aren't happy. So, you know, as we're talking about it, I'm like, you know, I I was like, you know, people just need to spend more time on this track, figure it out, approach it the right way. You know, like if you don't have something, don't send it. If you have to roll something, roll it. you know, just you got to approach it like you would any other track, you know, uh, whether a track's easy or it's hard. You, it's all in the approach and you know mm-hmm. the, the commitment. Um, you you got to know what you're going to do before you do it. I'm going for a double, triple. I'm going for a single, double, double, whatever it is. You, you know, it's all in the approach and how you commit to it. I was like, I wasn't telling people, Brent, that I was like, hey, they, they need to drive better. I was like, I was more saying, hey, you know, they just need to figure it out and approach it the right way. Um, not really talking about the pros, but just anyone who was complaining, I, I don't think they gave it enough time uh-huh, to, uh-huh. to, to make a big decision, you know, that this track sucks or I hate it, or I'm never coming back here again, you know, give it some time, you know? Uh, so essentially I was going to race this week or that weekend. 
But as soon as the weekend rolled around, I'm like, I'm not racing. I'm not doing anything. I'm tired. You know, I'm just going to hang out and try to manage, manage the situation. Um, well, came down to, I'm like, look, Brent, I'll take my car out there right now and I'll go run laps and I'm going to make, I'm going to make everything. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you that it's, it's, it's not the track. It's just people are, need to figure it out. And I haven't raced in over a year and a half. At best, I'm a sportsman level driver. Um, no one ever said that, Hey, you know, that Lucas, he's got a lot of driving skills, right? <laughs> I don't. Um, so I go get my half charge battery car and I go out there. I start hitting everything. I'm hitting the double, triple rhythm section. I'm stepping up, doubling down in the big step up area. Uh, I go around it sure I made a couple mistakes, but essentially I went and hit every section pretty easily. Um, so I was like, look, there you go, man. It's, it's, it's not the track. People need to get used to it, figure out what lines need to take and, you know, do what's necessary to get around it with as few mistakes as possible. The one thing is everybody was making mistakes. This is not a track that you were going to master. Uh, you can try to master it, but even the best, the master of dirt this year, Dakota Fend, he had several mistakes on every time he drove. Now, were they big or small? It didn't matter. Uh, nobody was perfect out there. No, no, not at all. I heard, I heard some rumblings too, and I remember, you know, obviously, uh, Brent wants this to be, you know, this is baby. This is the biggest, the biggest one we've had, right? You know, had all the top pros, we had Ryan Mayfield and all these guys. Are I was shocked. So I know it was extra pressure on him, and I said, and I said he came up to me and said, "Well, what do you think that?" I said, "Hey." I said last time I checked that these guys are heard to race RC cars and this is off-road and it has jumps. I said people have forgotten that cars jump and these cars are meant to jump because we're so used to having these, you know, tracks have gotten these 10 scale tracks have gotten very tame here. No, this was a little bit extreme. But from what I saw was multiple lines through all these sections. These three difficult sections. You had the five pack, you could uh single, uh some guys like in short course with single, double, double. Uh, you had the double, triple option. You had the, you, you, I think you had a, I've even saw some guys do double, double, like various different lines you can make. But if you try to send it every time, you're not going to, and send it in traffic, you're going to make mistakes. And then going up over the tabletop, sorry, not the tabletop, the step up, it was like, you can jump up just like, just how it's supposed to be. Like jump up, just pop up over it and double down. Some guys were tripling single. Some guys try to send it, you know what I mean, and do the whole four, and then coming across with the tabletop and to come over the mount the mountain. I saw Bornhorse; he was like double, double, like sending that big time. I didn't see that too much in the racing, but there were multiple lines, and okay, there was no straightaway. There was a hill that was up and down that I mean, was fairly great. simple. It wasn't. It wasn't. Also, it was rough too. You can't really tell, but it was bumpy, like coming on that hill. And I'm like, hold on, these guys are hurt to race. You know, I look back at like the 2017, not 17, 2007 Worlds. This is 2007 or one, whatever, whatever Worlds, 2013 Worlds in, in, um, at Chico, the Worlds they had in Finland. These guys had triple jumps and stuff like that, where these 10 scale cars were jumping like way, like the size of that damn quad, that five pack, they were jumping that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I think. Just as these as these ten scale races have gotten smaller and indoor, and the jumps have become smaller, and these stock cars have become so fast, and they're so used to almost throwing the same 
uh, times as these mod guys on these tracks, you you successfully made a track where it just it kind of separated the the men from the boys or you know or the women from the girls if if you want to say it that way. Yeah. And um, it definitely separated the stock and and the mod guys. And I heard a lot of guys talking about consistency. Well, Michael, you know this is hard to track to me. Okay, you can't be consistent, but nobody's being consistent. Like you gotta, you gotta go out there and fight and win. Like you know what I mean? Like who cares if your consistency is not as good as you want it to be? Yeah, yeah. Like when pros have ninety-two percent consistency and top in place in the top two or three, mm-hmm. not common. You know, it's just yeah. That. Pros are got ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent consistency. They figure a track out within a couple tanks of fuel or a couple battery packs. They got it dialed. It's just like, how perfect can they make it, right? So this track, you could have it pretty close to dialed, man, but at some point in time, you're going to you're gonna get bit. Something's going to bite you. You're going to take something just a little bit wrong. You might even mm-hmm. just get caught in traffic or, you know, a marshal. Or, there's so many variables out there. Um, it was different for the Joes and the pros because, you know, these people just aren't used to a track challenging them as much as, this particular one did, you know, they just, uh, the, even, you know, even a regular Joe that came here and is maybe his, uh, first big tent scale race. It's probably mind boggling, you know, mm-hmm. especially like mm-hmm. some of maybe a 21, five guys first time out here or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's mind blowing for the pros. It's very challenging for them. I don't like the wreck usually. And, but when I do and I'm doing good, it, it hurts, you know, I'm like, dang mm-hmm. it, man. I, I could have done so much better, but I went and lost eight seconds on my run because I wrecked here. I wrecked there. Well, when pros wreck, especially after they feel like they have a track dialed, it probably hurts them like five times as much as it hurts me because how competitive they are and you know how they're professionals. They they take this thing in a whole different way than a regular Joe like myself. So I can understand their pain when they're, you know, wrecking after, you know, being on a track five, six times or, I, I see where they're coming from. At the same time, they are professionals. It's an off-road track. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason we even race these cars really on tracks with jumps is because they're inspired by motocross or supercross. Um, mm-hmm. Real cars that you know, like buggies. If these are these these cars are supposed to be based off some sort of a buggy or something, buggies really don't race on tracks with a bunch of supercross jumps. So obviously, mm-hmm. it's inspired by more. Motocross, motocross, dirt bikes, stuff like that. Supercross tracks, typically, it's off-roads, jumps. You got doubles, triples, tabletops, everything a motocross or a supercross track would have. So, that being said, there's nothing wrong with having a just really gnarly supercross track. If you watch supercross at all, at the first beginning of the year, there's a couple of kind of tame tracks. They're not too bad at Anaheim, but as they progress through the year, the tracks get more and more difficult. Sometimes during the year, one track will just be kicking everyone's butt you know and the pros obviously they're all pros that are racing supercross but they're like man that track was rough today you know and just whatever the ruts were bad or it kept falling apart sometimes they have easy easy tracks but it's just the whole point of of off-road is nothing's perfect things will change dirt is different and if we wanted a perfect track with you know no jumps we'd run on road yeah i i agree with you um i think I think by the second day, people kind of just fell into a groove. Yeah. I remember Brent even, he wasn't too worried about it as well. 
And I think the complaint stopped. I mean, that I called it the 12th man. They call it um, like, you know, that the 12th player on the field. I think in yep. soccer, they call it that. And that's usually the crowd or whatever. Right. Uh, well, the crop, the, the track was the 12th man. And I think uh, it made for exciting viewership to watch. Mm-hmm. I thought that it, it made for exciting racing. Like I saw some of the, some, some passes and stuff and just stuff and qualifying. I was just like, whoa, that was so good. Like, you know, he could have really, you could have really squitted it up, but he was smart and he did this and he did that. Mason Templeman was one of, I want to talk about him in stock. And I thought, and I was just like, good. I, I'm tired of seeing these small, tame tracks where guys like, oh, look, he jumped like two feet off the air. It's, it's, he got so, he got so much, it's so big. I'm like, no, like you was jumping up six feet and that, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I, I like when things like that throw people for a loop and people people are challenged, right? At the end of the day, I, I understand that maybe some of the jurors, it might have been a big challenge for them, but that, that's also why they come to these races, right? Yep. To be challenged. And it tracks like better. this are going to make you better. Yeah, it makes them better. They're, they're going home to their local track, better racers. They're going walking yeah. away from that event, like it or hate it. Everyone's going to be better. And they'll go back and they say, remember that track from uh, 2023 Masters of Dirt? Yeah. thing was naughty. So I right. thought it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, and also, this race is very different from other 10-scale races because we don't have three five-minute bump-ups. We don't have... I'm sorry. We don't have three A-finals. We have bump-ups, all this stuff. So that all played into... It, it, it was like an eight-scale race anyway, but for electric. So I think it worked out perfectly. Those who, those who did well are happy with the track. As any anywhere you go in life, those who did well are happy with the track. Those who didn't do well will always find excuses for why they didn't do well. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, so, not everyone had to like the track, anyways. I mean, no mm-hmm. matter what, how you build it, we could have built a very flat and tame. And they would have they like complained about that. So, honestly, like I've been doing uh, masters. I think I it's probably my sixth or seventh masters um, that I've you know participated in building tracks and stuff. So we always take every year I'm taking feedback from people, you know, well, that's where I got. Oh, I wish I wish you guys would have something with separate mod and, and stock. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, let's see if we can try to do that this this year. And then, you know, people want like to where uh, a couple tracks ago, it was a really beautiful track, but it was almost it was very one line. The racing mm-hmm. just wasn't great. We tried to like spice things up and the, just once you got in the lead. You pretty much had to screw up to lose it because um, it, it just as good as it looked. It was a one line track. So let's try not to do that this time, you know, and it, we, we just it's just a, a, an accumulation of feedback years. And what can we do next? Obviously, we're, we're always trying to top ourselves as well. So we kind of yeah. put ourselves in a, in a spot that's really hard to top last year. I mean, what are we going to do now? You know, well, let's just think of all the feedback we were given and. And let's, let's see what we can do with it. And then also, uh, Brent has certain restrictions on what he'll, he'll allow on a track. So um, through time, we've gotten him to, to allow us to, like, you know, get a little more extreme and and just do our thing rather than have too many, you know, restrictions. He doesn't want this here. He wants more flat here or raceable. So this one basically just... He just let us go uh, go to go to town on it. Honestly, he didn't have anything. Uh, we were going to do a concrete section, and he was kind of like didn't want to do it. 
and I wasn't sold on it. By the time we got to the concrete section, it was just going to be a 180 turn. You're only on concrete for a second or two. Um, but by the time we got to it, we had too much dirt. I was like, well, we can't dig out a concrete section with this big pile of dirt we got. So we didn't do that. But for the most part, he just let us go loose. And, uh, you know, next year's track won't be like this one. It'll be totally different and probably probably won't be as technical. Um, but I'm sure we're going to try to top ourselves one way or the other. You swept the leg. You swept the leg. Uh, you swept it. I enjoyed it. I think the people at home that were watching it enjoyed it. And like I said, uh, it doesn't matter. These, uh, it, it, it's, it's about everybody had the same track. They had to race it, and that's it at the end of the day. Now, traction was a little bit different this year. I think uh, traction wasn't – was it – I heard some say, people said, like, some of the traction ran away, or so what was it? There's, yeah. a, there's a couple things. Um, first off, I'd say it's mostly probably my fault because when we were building it, we were in a real big hurry. We didn't water it as much as we probably should have. Uh, and then throughout the weekend, we, we just slacked on watering it. It was purposeful, but we, what we what we ended up doing was like sparing it. We were trying to get traction up, so we decided not to water so heavy, so whatever line was developing that we wouldn't uh -huh. wash it away. However, us doing that dried out the track so much, it wouldn't, it wouldn't provide traction. It just kept breaking apart and drying out. Um, so it, it, we're just now catching up the track to where it's not all chalky and, and dusty, but we really kind of let it just go to crap. Um, and we're so stringent on our water schedule and we just kind of didn't do it the way we normally did. And I think, uh, kind of bist in the butt for traction that, and everyone was running slicks, uh, stock class was S3 compound. I don't think it was putting any rubber on the track, not as much, especially with, with the track being as dry as we let it get and then run all the stock classes running S3 compound. And then the, the cars being in the air 40% of the time, they didn't have a whole lot of time to put rubber down, even if they could, I think it was just a combination of everything, but it, it starts with watering. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got talked out or how I talked myself out of watering the way I knew I should have, but I did uh, kind of screwed that one up for sure. Yeah. I did notice a fine lay of dust this year compared yeah, to last sure. year. Uh, like on everything. So I was like, oh, that's different. Yeah. But you learn from that. You can move on. Uh, and I, I think at the end of the day, we still got exciting racing in both classes. And yeah, we, I, I look forward to seeing what you come up with next year. Just just make like straight away. Like one yeah. straight away, 180, straight away, 180. Straight away, everywhere. Yeah. People would be happy with that. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's move on to the event. Uh, all right. So coming into this event, I, I started seeing like, you know, obviously, I know the stock guys. The stock guys are going to be. I know stock class is going to be big because this is a big event for them. Uh, I I knew that like with uh, I knew when it comes out to stock, it's about the racers and it's about the motors, right? So I knew Exalt being as they were the main sponsor, they 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 had that that Dark Nationals a few months earlier where they thought they had one with Kyle Go, didn't win it. Doug Laveria ended up getting it, so I knew they were coming in her like to really go for the win obviously everybody's going for the win so in stock it was like for my it was like a lot of pressure i think it was a lot of pressure on kyle go doug levillier that kid uh young kid nate sutherland for tlr jimmel's obviously obviously running um mod now then you had who else was there that was i mean aj, AJ marasco was there but he was there more for 
He was just running two wheel, I think. Yeah, he was there more to help Kyle, I would say, at the end of the day. And then, um, you know, uh, we had, you know, other up and comers like the young t- Talon Henley and um, the kid Nolan Manchester and all these t- other different type of guys that were coming up. Kenny Setzer was there as well. You know, obviously his older brother running in, uh, running in mod, Jake Stack, Jake Stackwich. So we had all the, the top guys who usually run this, this stock program, except a few, you know, like that I, I noticed that probably will be at uh, the carpet race. Maybe they just run more carpet than, than dirt. But I think like the big, everybody was looking at Calgo, Leverrier, Sutherland. And I think one of the guys that really surprised me in this whole event was uh, Hunter King. Yeah. He, yeah, he very much surprised. shocked me. He's really good. He I is. He'd do well. I honestly, I thought he made a. I thought I, I thought he was going to do just a little bit better. To be perfectly honest with well, you. Like he so, good. I just thought he was going to be a little more competitive. For oh, that's what it was. I don't think he ran truck, did he? No, he didn't. He no, didn't. That's what it was. So, but he was. I think he was one of the guys that impressed me the mo- that impressed me the most. And and Mason, how could I forget the guy who won it? Mason Templeman. Um, he yeah, was he the was one who impressed me the most mm-hmm. because. He he just drove incredibly well, but uh, but obviously I think coming into this it was between Doug, Kyle, Mason, and so they came in here and like uh, you could like I could I think you could like feel the tension like exalts pitting right next to to TLR and Trinity, Kyle running TLR, his sitting with the exalt guys, Associated's over her. I was like. Ooh, this is what it must have felt like back in the, like the nineties the in the peak of uh a ten scale race event. These these companies were like going at each other, TLR versus AE, this motor company or this is motor company in the stock class. It was it was quite it, I could feel it, like I can feel it in the air. I don't know if you know what I mean, but I felt the I wouldn't say tension, but I would felt the angst in the air between these teams. Exult needing a good result. Firstly, you know, they first time with their new motors and all this type of stuff. So it was a lot riding on stock this year. What was what, what was uh Mason running? Was he exalt? Uh, he wasn't exalt. No, I think he runs. I I believe he runs R one. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So and then of course we had the Doug and Kyle go from the twi- the the nationals, the dirt nationals, where yeah. Kyle thought, they thought Kyle had won, but that but Doug had won. So that was coming into this. So it was a lot of tension there going in. I, not tension, angst. I want to say angst. And I felt like Exult really wanted to win this. Like they really wanted to win this. I don't think they needed to win this. No. But they wanted to win this. And I think actually with them not winning it, Mason Templeman winning it was probably the, the best result they could have got. Yeah, just because of what he's running, you know. Yeah, if it would have been like Doug who won this, they would have been like, or if it would have been some, or Nate Sutherland or somebody from TLR. And I don't know what Nate runs, but. Well, if somebody from Trinity would have won, won this, like, right. oh my gosh, it would have been like, I don't know, it would have been super high tense. But a lot, I've, a lot of pressure on Kyle Go coming in there. He was one of the favorites. He is one of the, uh, he has won this before, and uh, he he did pretty good. in, let me see, let me bring up and qualify him. So he did TQ, uh, two wheel drive qualify seventeen five. He had a zero in round one, a zero in round two, and then he's kind of, I guess he's, he got a thirteen in round three. And then in fourth, and Mason Templeman actually took Kyle Go came third. Mason Templeman took uh, took four wheel drive, and uh, with a zero four and a three. Jeff Stackowitz, who kind of silently, Jeff Stackowitz reminds me of Dale Earnhardt. 
like just jeans, hat, grind it out. Don't take no shit from nobody. Four, three, and a zero. Kyle go Hunter King. Hunter, this is where Hunter King impressed me because I saw him race that Wicked Weekend, and he was good in electric and you know ten scale, eight scale, e buggy and e truggy, and all these guys. We, we was actually we was all staying in an Airbnb together. So and then like all the guys said, well, he's good in ten scale. So I was like, all right, we'll see. And yeah, he TQ'd around a four wheel drive. He was fast. He's good. He definitely yeah, has some pace. Totally. He just I had to give him a speech. I was like, look, dude. He's like, oh, I want to go get some practice. I was like, look. This is like, I think they had practice Saturday before whatever they were calling. I was like, look, dude, that little two minutes of practice ain't going to change anything. I said, what you got to do is focus up her. See, I said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go there. You're going to not get two minutes of enough practice, what you're going to say. And then you're going to go say, oh, you didn't get enough practice. Then you're going to screw yourself in your head. I said, forget about practice. Let's go get breakfast. Let's take our time. Let's get there. Calm down. Go wrench in your cars and get ready. What does he do? He goes out there, TQ's four-wheel drive. See? Listen to Lefty. Boom. That's what I told him. See? Uh, but yes, very hot stock action here. And it was awesome, man. I think um, out of all these guys that impressed me the most was Mason. I watched him last year. I felt, I think it was on a different motor program last year. He was a little bit underpowered, I felt. And, but he was very good, right? But I watched him this year and I, how he drove was what won him this race. Like, I, I'll tell you one thing. In four-wheel drive, they were going through that five-pack. He was like in lap traffic. He was, you know, just... And it was like a gaggle of cars in there. And he was just like... He just switched it up. He went... Rit. He just kind of... I think he went single, double, stopped on the tabletop, let everybody... And just and just singled out of there. Hmm. Like, and I was like, that's smart racing. He could have tried to go for the double, tried to do this, and he could have wrecked. And that would have cost him much more time. While everybody else was wrecking, he just went... And went by. And that's what, in the end, helped him win the Masters of Stock, in my opinion. Yeah, he was, he was one of the he was one of the few guys that I noticed were really not flawless, but uh, darn near close um, mm-hmm. between him and. I mean, no one was flawless. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to say, but he was really close to it, and that's what that's what put him on top. He just made the the least amount of mistakes. The mistakes he made, he made sure they didn't bite him too bad. So instead of sending something or like said going through the five pack uh he got through that thing i I remember watching his main i think it was with four-wheel drive where he just threaded the needle through that thing he did what was necessary necessary instead of doing what he wanted to do Mm -hmm, he did mm -hmm. what he needed to do and he made his mistakes just seem minimal that's a perfect way to put it instead of doing what he wanted to do he did what he needed to do and that's that's how he beat everybody like everybody was just trying to just go Balls out, and he was just like, nope. And that, that I, I gave him a lot of credit for that, and I he was super pumped about that. And so, so for people who don't know how the Masters works is, basically, you take your three out of four. You can run four classes, but you take your three best classes, and they're all weighted. So two-wheel drive is the highest. You get the highest amount of points for two-wheel drive. You get the highest amount of points for... You get the second amount, highest amount of points for four-wheel drive, and then it's truck, and then short course. But if you ran all four, uh, somehow it if you you could you could pick pick whichever uh, if you did good you could pick whichever one work your best three. I'm trying to make it more difficult than ever. Brent, Brent explained it to me, but I can't explain it right now. And Lucas is clicking away, he's looking for something. What happened, Lucas? Nothing. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you, buddy. All right. 
Uh, I noticed that the sound was coming out of my computer. Oh. And uh, I wanted to come out of my headphones. That was the whole issue I was having. That's yeah, perfect. Okay. All right. Everything sounds good on, on my end. Everything's fine on my side, buddy. Perfect. So, no, so Mason, he actually won four-wheel drive buggy. He won truck. So in truck was Mason, Doug, Kyle Go, Nate Sutherland, Jeff Stackowitz. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize Patrick Russell to finish six and Trent finished seventh. Well done to those guys. And then uh, in four-wheel drive, 13-5, it was Doug who won that. Mason, it actually came down pretty close, I think. Kenny Setzer, Nate Southern, Toddy Anderson was good to see those guys. Andrew Daniel, roommate of Kyle Go, was actually really good as well. Ooh, Kyle Go finished. Oh, he broke, right? Yeah. He, no, he, he only, I think uh, Kyle Go, he didn't finish. He only did eight minutes and 38 seconds. I forget if he, I can't remember if he broke or whatnot in his four wheel drive, man. Four wheel? Yeah. Unfortunate for Kyle Go. He was he was one of the the favorites coming into this. So very unfortunate for him. But only one only one can win, you know. So yep. And then That's of course Ma- and Mason, uh, who won two wheel drive. Nate Sutherland was another one who had a, a very quiet, like he wasn't blazing fast out of the out of the out of the gates. And I think he had to bump up in one or two mains. Or oh, oh, I can't remember which one he had to bump up to, but in the end, he had he had very good finishes because he finished second in two wheel drive, and that's a good finish. He started uh, fifth. Let me see if I can f- find which one he started. Go ahead. Lucas. What's probably his best uh, master so far? Um, I, th- I think he's only been racing for three or four years. Um, so every time he comes to master, I remember the first time he was there, he was just it seemed like he was just getting his feet wet. And uh, every year he's gotten faster and faster. Now he's up, you know, competing with the guys in the main. Oh, yeah. He actually uh, bumped from the, I don't know how far, but he, he had to bump into the A-main. He started ninth in four-wheel drive and finished fourth. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's very good. So Doug didn't win it. Doug Doug ended up, uh, Mason ended up winning it. I think, um, who won it last year? Was it Doug? Uh, what, overall? Yeah. Last year was, oh, geez. Schimmel. What am I Schimmel. talking about? Yeah, 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 it was Schimmel. Schimmel. Schimmel, sorry. So, Shady. Mason brings it home for Associated and R1, I guess. And great drive by him, man. I thought so. Okay. Disappointed. Yeah, disappointment for Kyle. He'd be disappointed with his performance. And unfortunate for him. Great run for Nate. And uh, let's see who else had good runs. Kenny Setzer, great weekend for him. Toddy Anderson, who kind of made the last-minute decision. To come down there. Will McIver. Will McIver hasn't raced 10 scale since like they have brush motors. <laughs> yeah, it was the first he, time in forever. Yeah, uh, and he comes on and he makes the A man in four wheel drive. So yeah. that's crazy. Well, just was, goes to show you that uh 10 scale and eight scale uh definitely go hand in hand. If you're a good eight scale driver, you can probably drive 10 scale. Yeah. And if you want to be a better eight scale driver, I would recommend driving 10 scale to keep your skills sharp. Yeah, I would agree there. I would agree there. All right, so congratulations to Mason Templeman. Great win for him. I, I, For some reason, I asked him in the interview, I said, dude, like, does like racing on Hot Rod help you out? He also did a lot of eight-scale racing this week, this year, too. So I, I have a feeling maybe that helped him out a little bit with the jumps and all that type of stuff, in my, in my opinion, because it was very 10-scale-esque. I mean, eight-scale-esque, the track, right? Mm-hmm. So all you guys out there running... 
10 scale only, you know what you got to do. Jordan, run some eight scale as well. Help you out a little bit. Absolutely. Help you out. All right. Now let's go on to the big enchilada, which is mod, which was absolutely this uh, stacked like the biggest field we've seen stack, most stack field we've seen at a masters, I would say. Yep. So we had, um, I was shocked when I saw Ty Tasman. I, I saw him with the, uh, the post going to the race. I was like, oh, nobody told me he was coming. I messaged Brent right away. And I was like, Brent, why didn't you tell me that he was coming? He's like, yeah, nobody like, he, it was kind of like a, he said he was coming. He was said he was coming, but he, then he finally did come. So I thought that was pretty cool. Ryan Mayfield was there. Yep. Brock. He came, uh, he came last minute. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't coming until like maybe a week or two before, maybe even a week. And uh, really ended up coming. Yeah. We knew everyone was coming, but we didn't really like uh, announce, you know, confirmed or anything. Cause just, cause we knew everyone was going to be there. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to see that, you know, all the top pros in the country uh, raced at our track. You know, it's really cool. It's a big accomplishment, in my opinion. I remember when I met Brent. I met Brent when he opened his shop. Mm-hmm. So I was picking his brain. I didn't even have RC car yet, but I wanted to get into it. And you know, he said he just wanted to grow this thing organically. And you know, if pros want to come, cool. If not, no big deal. He's just going to do his thing. And each year, every you know we get like uh first year he, he had a uh, hartson um which is a defending world champion 2013 um, world, cha- former yeah. world champion yeah and uh after that maybe he had like one one more pro driver and then dustin evans started coming and just kind of kind of went every year you get a couple more guys and now it just seems like uh, it's kind of one of those tent scale races you want to you want to go to i think mm-hmm. uh, for for the pros whether there's contingency on the line or not, I think, you know, if, if pros are racing 10 scale, this is definitely one of the races they want to attend, I think. Yeah, and a treat for pe- a, tre- a treat for people that did attend as well um, and all watched online because it was something that, you know, oh, I forgot, CFT was there. I, I You know, Cole Tallard was there, so that was crazy. Like, every top pro in 10 scale racing was there every top pro that was at the besides Cavalier. Yep. Who was at an eight scale race. That was weird. I was yeah. shocked that he wasn't there. He was yeah, there last he, year. He might not have the budget. Um, mm, you know, that's true too. It might not be on, on the schedule for, you know, his, his contracts or whatever. And it's hard to ask pros to, you know, foot the bill to come race. You know, they're professionals. Mm. They, I, I don't, I don't think, Pros should, or no, I think pros should do whatever the heck they want, but they shouldn't be obligated to do any race that that they don't have some sort of contingency or, 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 you know, reason to be there because this is what they do for a living. Most of us do this as a hobby, Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to professionals, man, they, they, they they need a reason to be there or at least they uh, want to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree, but I, I would think that this race should be on the contingency list at least now. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, yeah, with the amount of the amount of pros that were there. Shimo had a decent show in as well. Bornhorse, I didn't realize Bornhorse made the Bornhorse did a Bornhorse made the podium too. That'd be good for him. He'd be happy with that. Yeah, I thought Bornhorse did real good all weekend. Um yeah. I wouldn't consider him, you know, a big tent scaler, but 
since he's been on S works, he seems to be putting in uh, definitely more 10 scale time. Um, and we'll see. He was here at last masters mm-hmm. and, you know, he was kind of like, I think kind of C main ish. Um, and then this year, you know, he was twice as fast as I remember him being last year in 10 scale. Yep. And then we, we got to see uh, like guys like Brock Champlin come over and race chase Lemieux, who probably didn't have the best masters, but definitely a fast up and coming x-ray driver. Uh, and then of course, um, Dakota Fenn, he wins it. Him, oh, but, oh, we, oh, you know what? We almost forgot. We forgot about this man right here, Spencer Rifkin, who had the bump from, <laughs> uh, who had the bump from almost the last main in four wheel drive. So anyway, D, so, D main, I think, right? Yeah. So Sp- so Spencer in his first two qualifiers went out and broke both qualifiers. Yeah. So he he had one good. I think he had one good qualifier which was the third one. So he had to start in the D main that dude bumped all the way to the A main and won that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Uh, I've never seen a D main have the whole entire track covered with people watching. It's like the, the most uh, important D main I've ever seen. Uh, I know it was crazy, dude. It was packed on the sides. I was like, yeah. Oh, Spencer. Cause I didn't realize like, why is everybody? Oh, then I looked at who was yeah. running. I was like, Oh, Spencer's in this. That's it what I said. I'm like, why is there so many people watching these lower mains? I look up near Spencer. I'm like, oh, all right. So, Dude. yeah, watching him bump just just basically all the way to the – I mean, it seemed like he just had no no issue whatsoever with the D main, C main. B main looked like he was pretty much in the lead fairly quickly. And, mm-hmm. uh, shoot, it didn't take him but a couple laps to be, like, uh, up front in the A main. Yeah, he was. Let's see. Let's look at his his A man. He was. I think he went from like on the fourth. Yeah, on the He went on the third lap. He was fourth. Yeah. By lap seven, he was first. Yeah. Yeah, and all you know, he had. Let's see. So six times three. Uh, what is that? Twelve, eighteen. He had an extra almost 20 minutes of race time that day for four wheel mm-hmm. drive. So, I mean, you know, he had that thing dialed. He knew exactly yeah. what to expect. Um, maybe that made a difference for that a main race that all the track time he had earlier, just kind of put him a little bit above everybody else. Yeah, I would say so. We, we see that at, uh, all the, at nitro race. This is why I like bump ups, right? This is why I like this format. Yes. I like the three a finals as well, but I like, I like that the fact that, your race isn't over because you're in the B main. Right. That's one of the things I don't like about electric racing. I'm not a fan of double and triple A main. So um, if I never had to see one of those again, I'd be fine with that. I wonder if more tracks or more races will adapt this type of format. I mean, these cars obviously can go 10 minutes. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. We had 10 minutes of great racing. I think it's good. I think that we can have bump hops so people can, you know, I, I, it was eight and two. So eight went through two bumped ups. So it was a, a traditional 10. As the Ghani would say, it was a traditional 10. Uh, it was a 100% A main. It wasn't 120 or 150% A main. So I, I, I don't know, man. I thought it, I, I think it just made, and it makes those mains worth way more, right? You know, than, oh, you just won the B main. Hip hop array. You got a bump. Right. You got to go in the race in the big show. So I love that. I do. Yep. I really do. I'll, I'll really take do. a 10 minute main over a double a main for sure. I think yep. it's uh, I mean, not, not really at every 10 scale race, but 
just like the the track being gnarly and you know a little mm-hmm. extreme you know running a a 10 minute race sometimes is cool but maybe not all the time you know mm-hmm. um, the mm-hmm. traditional way double a mains triple a mains that's fine um it's it's very traditional so it's nothing wrong with it but every now and then it's cool to have different kind of formats and i i like the 10 minute main cuz if you look at these guys when they finish it's it's like 30 32 laps, 31 laps. And if if you compare that to being scaled down 10th scale, that's like a lot of, that's like a almost a 45 minute main, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you scaled it up or whatever, you know, it's just, it's really long, it's grueling, it's a marathon. And to be, to be perfect or a darn near perfect and, and, and actually win above everybody else, you really, really earned it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying every, and also we could say that about the track. Not every track has to be this gnarly. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. But it's nice to throw uh, yeah. a spanner in the in the gears every once in a while. Yeah. Just sometimes. Yeah, just sometimes. I'm not saying every track has to be like this, and everything yep. has to be ten minutes. But we got to figure out some way. I, I just, I would love to see a way where we figure out how people bump up. You know, because it just, I, I love that format in Nitro. And I think we need to revisit it for for ten scale. Yeah, it makes oh, for good racing. It makes a it makes a C main and a B main more important when your top two or three can you know fight for that spot to go to the the show. You know, just adds a little more relevancy to I lower agree. mains. I agree, and I think in the end the points came down pretty close between Rivkin and Fend, and I think it was pretty close. Yeah, I think. Uh, Rifkin had to beat Fenn by, I think, three or four positions mm. uh, in four wheel. So he he really he needed Fenn to drive bad or have a, yeah. a big mistake. Um, what did Fenn finish? He finished third, third right? Yeah, yeah. So, so he just was enough. We missed it by a couple couple points, I believe. So Fenn goes back to back Masters champion. Congratulations to him. I know he was happy about that. So congratulations. Rivkin still no, no, he no. won it. No, 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 Rivkin no. Rivkin won it last year. year. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So yeah. Rivkin almost went back to back. But he's Fend. a three uh Fend is a three time master. Uh, yeah. So he's the he's won them him and uh Dustin. Dustin have won Evans. the most. Okay. Yeah. They both Sweet. have three. Sweet. That's awesome, man. I, I love that format and I think it's good. And I think that I think these guys really take some pride in that uh, award as well. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really cool. Like when you look at the the masters banners um, with everyone's name on it, it's it's mm-hmm. pretty cool because even from the very beginning, you know, you got a world champion up there. Um, the one the one name that kind of sticks out because they're all top top pros um, is a local kid, Griffin Hanna, on the second masters. Uh, he actually won it, and Brent said when he won it, he's like, "That's the last time a local will probably ever win this." win this event <laughs> really because he knew it was just going to get bigger and more and more mm. people came in but griffin he could have been a top pro if he wanted to he just had a, he had a lot of opportunity to do whatever the heck he wanted in life so rc just wasn't wasn't it that's how it goes when you yeah. have all these other cool things to do yeah it doesn't happen like that but let's talk about some of the other things too because we had three we had a lot of short course short course trucks there we had about three heats of short course which was great to see um yeah. Actually, Dave McLean, he TQ'd. He did this dude. He, I think he made every, Mr. McLean made every final that he raced in. He had a bump up on a one. But this guy drove well. Five classes, I believe. Yes. 
uh, obviously <laughs> Vanner was really good. I I enjoyed watching the short course trucks, man. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Short course is fun. It's probably the most fun class out there because um, you can rub without really affecting each other too much. When mm-hmm. buggies, when their tires touch, it just doesn't work out real well. But when short course are racing, man, they can really bump into each other and it's not too much of a foul. You know, um, it, it's kind of the fun of it. So, yeah, short course is cool, man. Um, I like Otto it. was having a good run and he, he crashed. And yeah. Sherman, the, I call him short course specialist, Team Sherman. Mm-hmm. His son won. That was good. Yeah. So, um, okay, we're just going through some of the pictures. There's Fenn. He, um, Fenn, he won two. This is two wheel drive. Yep. There's Tessman. Aiden Horn. This is open two wheel drive. Kyle Paquette was fast. Fast, fast, fast. All weekend. He was Dietrich of all weekend. So did this guy. I forget his name. Um, That's Rob Meyer Jr. Rob Meyer. He was good, too. Very good. Very good. Watched him. Her stock two-wheel drive. Yep. There's Hunter King. He made the podium. His old cheesing. Dog. These these kids. These kids. They, well, they are kids, right? They're all young. Yeah, they're all young. They're all like Everyone 21 and, and below. Yep. So. Uh, Masters, I think this was 40 plus. Big Al won everything again this yeah. year. Yeah, he's fast. He is good. Uh, uh, oh, Mini Truggy. That's the other oh, thing. Yeah. We had a, a bunch of Mini Truggies out this weekend, too. It was bad. Had about 12 or 13 of them, I think. That was good. That's the most Mini Truggies yeah. I've seen in a long time. The winner there, that's a local guy, Nathan Grubbs. Yep, yep. He has he come a long up. ways. I was actually surprised he won. I was like, oh, man, Nathan Grubbs won. And, yeah, because uh, this guy won. was really fast. Yeah. Yeah, Nathan was kind of like mid pack a lot of mm-hmm. the weekend. You know, he did he did make the A main, but he's just kind of hanging out. And um, main the main just he just got it done. He 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 did what he needed to do. Uh, it's funny because last year he was the one that won the uh, hooligan race. So it's just funny like this this kid just keeps surprising everybody um, just about every time he races. Yeah, this guy Alex Porter like TQ'd all three rounds of this. He was fast too, but you know. Nathan was able to win it. Yep. He this I Mr. Washburn. I saw his name come up a lot. Was Graves was there? That's good to see, man. Good to see the mini truggies still having. I know they didn't make a nationals, but still, this guy is Dakota fans. Uh, fill, fill in. We had him. Danny made a mistake. of Shelton Galante. He's your he. I think he won twenty one five, but he TQ'd all runs, and he had him as top qualifier. Dakota fan mod to your drive. I think he. Lost twenty one five on the line because I think the other kid got the actual win. Let's go to there. So Peyton Bacon, yeah, Peyton absolutely Bacon. right. So they 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 had a heck heck of a race, and then it came down literally to last corner. They both crossed the line at exactly the same time. Where uh, Shelton he was kind of riding the pipe, crossing the line, and then uh, yes, yep. Yep, yep. Uh, Bacon was kind of almost riding the wall, and mm-hmm. it, it was a photo finish. But the timer picked up Bacon exactly the line first, probably by point zero 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 one seconds. It, it was a great way to start off the A mains because uh, no matter what people said about the track, man, it made for some really good racing. It did, man. I don't care what anybody says. I it was fun. You know I me. Mean? I was getting all, all excited. That was one of the uh, funny races. There's Scotty. He's in Japan right now. There's the tech guy. There's Brent looking all clean shaved with no mustache. Yeah. 
Oh man, we're just, we're just getting through some pictures. Good to see this gentleman out racing again. CFT. He was sick for a while. He's telling me what happened to him, but he said he's on the med now. So that's good to see. And um, yeah, man, I just really enjoyed it, man. I think uh it was bigger this year too. Oh, yeah. the hooligan race. We even gotta talk about that. At least that's the one like sixteen hundred bucks. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. And my uh, my buddy Gene won a hundred bucks for landing his car in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> it was awesome. Hey, I put 20 bucks in that wheelbarrow, so he won 120 bucks. Oh, uh, yeah. So for those of you that don't know, they have a hooligan race where they put all these different obstacles on the track, boxes, cars. Um, They had a wheelbarrow, rakes, all that type of stuff. And the last person standing is the winner. So you see guys putting, like, truck wheels on their four-wheel drives and stuff. like. So if they flip over, they can try to flip themselves back over. So Lee Setzer came down to the end. He, he won it. He drove smart. Uh, my buddy Gene... And you guys reversed the track, so yeah, right. So he had to. Yeah. They flipped the coin to reverse the track, so he had he had to jump into a wheelbarrow, and he did it. He pulled it off, and he, yeah. he paid for his fuel money to get up to the race. He wasn't so, gonna. He definitely wasn't gonna win, but he was still alive in the race, you know. Yep. And about I don't know thirty seconds, minute left. He's like, "Well, I'm not winning. Might as well go for the wheelbarrow." As soon as he hit that thing, the crowd just blew up. Everyone went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just Hoogan's always the best race of the weekend. Um, yeah, just got to be there to really, to really appreciate it. But it's fun. Whoever wins usually earns that one because uh, to stay alive with all the obstacles and just people, um, and the, to to be the last man standing, man, it's a, it's a big feat. It's hard to do. A lot of people Absolutely. crash in the first twenty seconds. I've done it once, and I didn't make it past. 10 seconds or something and just immediately went upside down. So very Absolutely. hard race to win, but a lot of fun to watch. No, we didn't. They didn't have a party this year, like the normal fireball 500 this year. I don't think. Yeah. 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 We did not. But, we did not party on Friday night. We've kind of party. I mean, we busted out alcohol and we let people just kind of hang out and stuff, but we didn't do anything special because um, we, we had a, crap ton of entries and everything went super long by the time we were done qual or yeah qualifying on friday night um it was 11 11 15 11 30 um and what we tired. wanted what's that people were probably like i just want to go home yeah. i'm tired i know i was tired for sure um but yeah so we didn't do nothing crazy we did have an idea to do something but um we just didn't do it it wasn't we didn't plan for it properly so we didn't do it. Uh, we're going to do it twice as hard next Masters. So we're going to make up for it. Um, I think mass, next Masters going to be a little different. More than likely, we were going to cap the race. Uh, I think the amount of entries, entries we had this time was probably just mm -hmm. a few too many, which we wanted as many entries as possible because we were always going for a, a, a higher number. And we, we broke the 400 mark. I think it's after that, it's probably time to cap it and just let everyone prepay. That way we can, uh, you know, have organized practice with like drivers, like uh, like vehicles, just make everything just a little more enjoyable. I think one I think one problem with Thursday and where a lot of complaints came from was that there were too many cars on the track mm -hmm. at the same time and too many levels, too many different levels of drivers, too many different kind of vehicles. It was just too chaotic, especially for the pros who want to go out there and try to uh, fine tune their skills on the track. Uh, it was just really difficult because they're avoiding crashes all day long and, and stuff. I think once we started doing organized practice um, and, and qualifying, I think it, it 
it got a little easier for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for those of those who are listening to this, we're watching the hooligan race, the start of this. As you can see, there's uh, people sitting there, Ryder and Bo, rakes and all that stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. And then, of course, we also had lunch provided to us, which was very delicious. By the way, I just want to confirm this for Danny Paz. That was pork, not chicken. Because mm -hmm. he said it was, he said, no, it's chicken. I said, no, Danny, that's pork. He doesn't yeah. eat pork, apparently, but he eats pepperoni. Oh, oh that's too bad. He ate yeah. that, though. Um, it was delicious. That, that pork, I thought they were going to serve us chicken bog, so I was expecting it to be chicken myself. And then when I bit into it, the, the pork, it was so delicious. I was like, wow, what is this? <laughs> it was good. It was good. So thank you to Brent and I believe Hobby Wing uh, provided yeah. that. Yeah, so that thank Hobby you to Wing. them. Oh, man, it was it was a great event. I only, I only went in the shop like once or twice to drool over everything there. And then I was like, all right, let me get back out there. Yeah, I had a blast, so man. Busy. Yeah. What do you think about doing these long, long events all, you know, kind of by yourself? No, what it's you nice. How, you, how are you liking it? It's 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 time consuming. It's uh not time consuming. I enjoy it. I enjoy when somebody comes. We had a little chat. We needed to get a little chair for you to sit off a little longer. Brent came by and had a chat with me. I wish more I wish people would come have a chat with me. Uh Patrick came on um for some of the mains later on, which makes it enjoyable. I enjoy doing it with Patrick, but it, it's it's a lot of talking. My 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 voice really um my voice really does get strained. I remember Lance sending me a message saying, "Save your voice." Yeah, but yeah, it's hard. It's it's uh, it's, it's, it's hard talking there and yeah. being witty. You know what right. I mean? And trying to think of things to come up with, and then I started to lose my voice. And that's what I told you as well. When I was sick, I said, I have no voice, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoy them. I, I want to get better at them, obviously, but it's also good to have somebody that you have a good, uh, or various people that you can gel with to do it as well. Yeah. So, but I try my best. It's something I'm learning. This is my first 10 scale event. So it was a little different. But it was like an eight scale event at the same time. It was long, very long, like very a long. like an eight scale event. Yeah, so I, I, I watched a lot of the coverage. I've watched uh, most of the A mains, um, some lower mains, and a little bit of qualifying. I thought the mm -hmm. coverage was really good. I thought you did a good job. You're Thank continuously you. talking, people keeping people engaged, checking stuff online, answering people's comments and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's why I was wondering. It's just that's so it's you know. It's, 15 hours of just nonstop talking on a microphone. No one can really grasp how hard that is until you actually try to do it. And if you did try to do it, anyone else that's just normal that hasn't done it before, you probably wouldn't be able to talk at the end either. Well, I think the big reward is when people come up and shake my hand at the next race and be like, oh man, I went home and watched my race. Thank you for mentioning this. Or my, my mom watched this or my mother or my father, my family were watching this. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this person and they, you know, I, I, cause you, cause I'm monitoring like three screens. I'm monitoring the scoring, monitoring this, monitoring that. And then I'm trying to also find good races on the track as well for the guys to follow. So I think when people say that and they enjoy that part of it and they come up, which, which a lot of people have, like when we was at RC program, <clears throat> A lot of people came up to me from and said, hey, man, we really enjoyed your cup because that was the first time I really done it with Danny from Wicked Weekend. And, my, you know, you, you engaged 
you engage the audience because that's what I'm doing it for. I'm doing I'm not doing it for the people at the race. I'm doing it for the people that are watching. Right. And people at the race can't even hear you or anything. They just they yeah. see you over there talking on a microphone. But um. <laughs> sometimes I heard myself talking. It's like people can hear me. Like it was quiet, and I'd be like, nah, 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 nah. And I'm, I don't need. I'm in my own world. Yeah. Like I'm looking at that screen. I'm in my. I don't even know. That's like people say, "Well, what's going on?" Be like, I said, "I don't know." I said, "Cause I'm focused on these screens. Like I don't know what's going on behind me. There's people literally putting stuff next to me. I'm focused on that. Yeah, I enjoy it, but it, it's 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 not easy. No, it's, it's very like right here hurts after every night. Like I feel very tired and I'm just like, Oh, and even, I don't even guys, we, we, you know, and after every race, you kind of go home and you, I have a debrief with guys, you know, cause they're out and about. So they know what's going on. So I always get information from them to use for the next day. Yep. So the guys I'm staying with, they're out and about, they see what's going on. And then I'm like, okay, so I know this is going on tomorrow. Or whatever. The thing that I the thing that I do miss about it is when I do get in those positions and starting to do that stuff, I'm not able to go out and mingle and be around people like I like to do. So that's why I try to do that on the practice days and stuff like that. And then you know, people say, "Well, let's go do this and let's go do that." I'm like, I just I just want to eat and, and go sleep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I do apologize if I don't come up and see people. Or, or don't don't accept your 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 invitation to go eat. It's because we're just trying. To, you know, we it's a long day. You know, we're there and we got to be there tomorrow. And I want to give everybody the same amount of coverage. That guy who's down in that lower main to the guy who's up in that A main. Their families at home watching as well. Yep. They're gonna go home and watch that race as well. And they will. They if I can say one little thing about them that I know. Or somebody in the chat lets me know, now that's fine. Yeah. How about you? What about you? How are you enjoying all this stuff? And what well, do you, oh you we have uh Fall Brawl coming up, which is gonna be under a roof for the first time. Yep. Yep. And so, I I'm know forward to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um honestly, when when we finished building track, uh master's track, I was sitting there looking at it. I was thinking, yeah, I'm pretty much over it. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you I, so when I got there, you was you went out there. And t- you went out there and and packed it again, like twice. I watched you walk that that machine around there. Very. I, I like how you got it because we used to have a machine like that to do it. Uh, to do a packer one of those. I guess they're called a packer one of the yeah. you push. Yep. We had a machine. We used to rent machines like that to pack our tracker, and you have like handles in there with cushion to mm-hmm. to hide the. To, and I watched how you do it, and I was like, wow, that thing really does compact this concrete. You did that like twice, and then you went out there with that damn Tampa, put your gloves on. Like, I was like, What is Lucas doing? Dude, you went out there and beat the crap out of this. Like, just bah, bah. I was like, Lucas is out there like a man possessed, yeah, out there just banging away on those things. So, I know that, like, I saw that the, the amount of effort you put in there to make that track what it was, right? So, I get it, I understand. And then when you just, I just never forget, you're just sitting there one day, you're just looking there and you had your cup on the, I think you had a bear. You're sitting there and I can see the look in your eyes, just like, yeah, it's doing exactly what I wanted it to do. <laughs> sweep the leg, sweep yeah. the leg. I mean, it's cool because um, when I first started at Beach, we, we didn't design tracks at all. We just went out there and free balled it. We're like, hey, let's put a double here and straight away here and just finish tracks, you know? And then, um, uh, I, I, I started designing them like on paper 
and I measure it all out. So like if you, if you go by the paper, it's a perfect map of where everything's supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, within a couple inches or whatever, it, it lines up the way it's supposed to be. So just building that thing and when I'm visualizing it and, and, and drawing it on paper, I, I have intention. I, I want people to step up and preferably double down. But I know that if I build it right, you might be able to mod up and triple and single out or whatever, you know, like, or the rhythm, the rhythm section, there's absolute intention behind every, every jump, you know, I wanted it to do basically exactly what it did. Um, so we pretty much followed the map and, and, you know, it's cool to watch pros a- approach things that you build, you know, I mean, we, we do this all the time. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in the industry to where I work and this is my job. So when it comes to designing a track, I, it's really cool to watch how pros will traverse it or if you can challenge them or give them what they want or, or whatever. I don't know if I really gave them what they wanted. Um, but I, I believe it was a good challenge and I think the track was fine. And if people, you know, struggled on it, it was, so did everybody else. But I, I think the track did what it was supposed to do. And it might be kind of vain, but I've always been a, big admirer of my own work. <laughs> if I do something and I think I did well, I usually look, step back and I look at it and I'm, I'm real proud of myself about it. You know, whether it's, you know, making a video or building a track or whatever it is, even at my job, when I didn't work at beach RC, I've had other jobs, whatever I was doing for a living, I always took a lot of pride in it. And if I had to go organize a warehouse by the time I was done, I'd look at that warehouse be like, yeah, look at that. It's all organized and everyone can find everything. So, um, you know, the track I thought looked beautiful and it did what I wanted it to. And I, I was, I was proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. And now I look forward to seeing what you guys do at, uh, Lake Wakama. Yeah. You, you have a little bit more, I know the first race track wasn't what like, well, I, I didn't mind it cause I'm watching it. Right. But I know you guys wanted to stay a little bit, not as rough. And uh, I know that they're going to have like just tilling the sand, like tilling the dirt that you bought in and all that yeah. type of stuff. So you know how the dirt's going to react. And I know you guys are going to be doing a lot more repairs at nighttime. So I, I, I told Brent, I said, I think four bowl is going to be maybe, maybe not well attended on a pro side of things. You'll get your yeah. local pros and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think on a regional side, it's going to be well attended because yeah. it's going to be the last guaranteed race of the year. Yeah. I think it's going to do real well. Um, me and Brian Burnett, we got some ideas. Uh, on the track, we, we, the first time was an experiment. So mm-hmm. now we know exactly what we're dealing with. We know the dirt. Um, we're not going to screw ourselves by bringing in any extra dirt this time. Um, so we pretty much have ideas. We pretty much know how to treat the dirt a little better and um, kind of have an idea for like a layout. I think we're going to try to stick to something super crossy. may not be like super extreme or anything, but we're going to try to keep the uh, super cross vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we're not going to let it blow out so bad. If it does blow out super bad, I already told everybody I am fixing it at night and you'll come to a fresh track in the morning. If it gets that bad, if that's what I have to do, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not going to let it blow out like, uh, the pro-am did. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's just, that was beyond cool. I don't know. I, it, it looked cool on TV, but there was they got some spots that were real bad. Yeah. Like yeah, when they couldn't go up that spots. one jump. Yeah. When you, when a pro, when Cole Ogden is sitting on a, uh, a piece of dirt, just wibble wobbling <laughs> back and forth and can't get off it in the middle of a track. 
that probably needed to be fixed. So uh, we're yeah. not going to let it blow out this time, especially if it's going to be super crossy. We're really going to have to keep the track in, in good shape this time. So we've got some good ideas. And I think it's going to work out real good. And like the fall brawl has never been a, um, a race that attracts top pros. Mm-hmm. It's never been on anyone's contingency. You might get one or two big names. Um, so it's never really a race about that, but it's just a race where everyone kind of gets together, gets together at the end of the year. It's the same time every year. So, um, I think it's gonna be real good this year. Awesome. Awesome. We're probably going to see a lot of like, I think Camden and then guys are coming. Yeah, I hope so. And, um, it's going to be good. Camden, Camden's doing a lot of 10 scale and stuff like that. It's something I forgot to touch on that I wanted to touch on. Like s is really, so now we're seeing, starting to see, so I, I, I know I wanted to conclude this, but I, I, I wanted to talk about this. We're seeing, was in, in America, we're always seeing that TLR, AE dominance. You know, you go to any track, that's where they are now. Obviously, with Schumacher with Cavallari and, <clears throat> and Brock, X-Ray with the young kid Chase and a few, they have, they have the kid mechanic and, a, and a, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long Testament's going to be there. The rumors are that he's not going to be there much longer, but I'm sure they'll find somebody to re- to replace Testament there in America. And now S-Works. S-Works is feverishly out there, like, developing their 10-scale program to adapt to dirt and all that type of stuff. So we're starting to see a lot more brands coming into the 10-scale market in America, which I think is only going to be good. It's going to be good for you guys at BTRC as distributors and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, we're selling a lot of a lot of S-Works stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many drivers are on S-Works right now, but it seems to be a good business. Um, we're moving a lot of product, a lot of kits. The cool thing with S-Works is they have everything. They got mm-hmm. you know, E-Truggy, Nitro-Truggy, E-Buggy, Nitro-Buggy, all the 10-scale cars, uh, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, carpet and dirt 10 scale cars they got on-road cars they just they basically cover everything so it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to sell a product when they cover the whole aspect of uh, rc they even have a ready to run car that's really cool looking uh, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah it's just it's good product um i think it just needed a good push in america i think brent's doing a good job getting i would agree on the team him and tim lime um yeah it's, it's a good vehicle uh it's just you know just it's a matter of time before uh People start really putting in top results. Yeah, I was talking to Bornhorse about it, and this is like, just was just grinding it out. He says, I'm going to be doing a lot of 10 scale. And Camden is too, so yeah. good to see, man. Good to see. Uh, I enjoyed my Masters of Dirt. I enjoyed, uh, thank you to everybody that showed me some love there. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I try to give stickers to everybody that I saw. I was just handing out stickers. Take stickers, take stickers, take stickers. Uh, that's the one little thing I can do is give you guys some stickers. I met some new people. Uh, it was great, man. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, not as cool. laid back. It wasn't as it wasn't laid back. It wasn't as noisy. It was definitely laid back. It wasn't as noisy as eight scale racing. It was good. But in the end, I was still in my own little world once I got in front of those screens. So if I didn't come up and meet you or did, you didn't see me at Masters, I do apologize. Uh, you know, I was kind of there once I got working or once I got talking. That's it. Like, you know, I kind of go in the zone. But I do appreciate being able to go there. Thank you to Brent for for getting me there. I appreciate that. And it was good to see you. Good to see Derek and the guys again. And good to go around. And oh man, man, I did a little video of BTRC stuff. Man, you guys have got some stuff in there. Jesus. Oh, man. You should see the stuff we have backstocked. Mm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You only see a, a fraction of the stuff on the floor. 
<laughs> Dude, I didn't even I didn't even look at the race stuff. I look at all the RTR stuff, the boats, yeah, the, the, the armor stuff. For the sales I don't even floor, worry about well, the race stuff. RTR, yeah. Our race oh stuff barely gosh. is even exposed. Um, you yeah. know, we usually put it up high or you know, race stuff is uh takes a back seat when it comes to the hobby shops. Hobby shops yeah. all about RTR, your casual consumer. Um that's just what RC, that's your main main clients. Yeah, man. Awesome. And uh, before I leave, I just want to say congratulations to Mason Templeman, Master of Stock 2023. Congratulations to Dakota Fenn, three-time Master of Mod. Congratulations to everybody that podium and uh, made this race. I hope you guys come next year, and I look forward to seeing you at the next one. Yeah. Lucas, you got anything to say before we leave her? Did you want to you, no more sweep in the leg for next year? No, I'm I'm glad people people came and participated. I hope you all come back next year. I hope no one was too butt hurt about the track being difficult. But if you were, I'll make it a little better next time. How about that? There you go. There you go. Well, Lucas, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of your day off, man. All right, man. Appreciate it, Lefty. All right, buddy. Thank you, Lucas, for your time. I greatly appreciate it. It's always a good chat with you. Thank you for all your hard work uh, leading up to the Masters and providing that gnarly track. Sweeping the leg, John Kreese, Cobra Kai, 1984. I can't remember what your karate kid. I think it's 84. Someone would fact check me on that. Uh, but that's exactly what he looked like, John Kreese out there. Mm, sweeping the leg. Thank you to everybody that showed me some love at this race. I greatly appreciate it. If you didn't get some stickers, I'll have some more at the next following races. And yeah, it was a blast. I love this race. I enjoyed myself. I had fun. I enjoyed talking about it. And I look forward to going to Florida Copper Championship for my second 10 scale race that I enjoy going to. So with that said, I'm going to let you guys go. I Like I said, I am dropping two more podcasts this week. One will be a live. I believe Clayton and I are doing it. Clayton Young, Royal President. We're doing a live Wednesday. We're definitely going to touch on what's happening with the Trinity slot machines. And some other things with Ifmar. So uh, with that said, I'm going to let you guys go. And I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Obviously, we can't do this without you guys. I appreciate all the support for the last five years that you guys have given me. Uh, and we, can't, we just can't do it without you guys. Thank you to the patrons of the NNRC and the NNRC Patreon, as well as the YouTube membership. If you wish to support the podcast a little bit further, you can. Links for that are in the written description of this podcast. Also, thank you to these awesome companies for all their support. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast a little bit too as well and save some money or just help us out, you can find links for all of these companies in the written description of this podcast. There are some coupon codes. There are some affiliate links. Some are just links to the companies. Just say in the notes, hey, I heard about you in the No Name RC podcast. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race, Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Team Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft USA, Shout out to the Florida RC Championships, WRCE, SJ Racing, House of RC, RCGP, uh, RC Body Armor, and Offroad RC, RC Racer. And to our drivers, David Ronfalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Betty, Alexander Hagberg, and the screenless wonder, Matty Gonzalez. Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills, but 10 scale builds the skills. Lefty is out. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good Monday. I will talk to you later on this week. We are out of here as soon as I find his outro. I never find his outro. I find it just now. <laughs> <laughs>